This is The Jerry Callahan Show. say this a lot on Mondays, but I'm going to say it again. And I feel like uh, this time I'm going to nail it. This is going to be a wild week. I'm just going to predict right now in the United States, we're going to see some uh, drama. We're going to see some crazy stuff this week. Tomorrow, our president, our 80 year old cognitively challenged president is expected to announce his candidacy for reelection. Is he doing it live? Is he going to hold a press conference? Is he going to do an interview? Of course not. He doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do press conferences. That's uh, too risky. Apparently, it's a taped, a already recorded, apparently it's already done. It's in the can. Joe Biden's going to announce tomorrow in a 90-second video. How pathetic is that? I don't think that's going to do anything to... uh, to stave off the questions and the doubts, the New York Times over the weekend uh, ran an editorial questioning the the uh, the age, the uh, the fitness for office of the president. That's amazing when you think about it. The New York Times has done as much as anybody to prop up the doddering old fool in the White House. They will continue, they will continue to do so, but I don't think a president. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't think a president has ever done a recorded 90-second video to announce his uh, re-election campaign, particularly when there's these doubts about his um, mental acuity. So I'm just going to guess that there will be no gaffes. <laughs> if there, I'm going to guess there were gaffes, but they've been edited out. So we're going to have a, a, a slickly produced 90-second video of the president lying his ass off, as usual, about how wonderful the economy is, how we're respected around the globe. Oh, by the way, a fourth embassy has been evacuated under Joe Biden in less than, uh, in a little more than two years. A fourth. The Sudan has uh, evacuated the embassy and we've left uh, about 16,000 Americans to fend for themselves in war-torn Sudan. So things are going great overseas. God knows they're going great uh, here domestically as we uh, um, prepare for a recession. I think we're already in recession, but uh, he'll be talking about how great the economy is and how great things are around the globe and how we're respected and how, you know, we're fighting for democracy in the Ukraine, but well, in, in Ukraine, but while Joe Biden makes this announcement on a pre-recorded video, Donald Trump will be facing rape charges in New York city. Um, I'm not sure if Biden, I mean, if um, uh, this is from this morning's talking points memo, it says, uh, this is the lead. President Biden is expected to make a formal announcement for, uh, of his reelection campaign the same day the civil trial of Donald Trump on charges of that he raped Jean Carroll in the 1990s is, is expected to begin. The former president, once defeated by the current current president and still widely expected to be the GOP nominee, is facing rape and defamation in a civil trial in federal court in New York, while also under criminal indictment in New York state court. So Trump will be, he'll be posting on True Social. I'm sure he'll be posting just inane, idiotic things as he is wont to do while Joe Biden announces he's running. And it will appear at least tomorrow that we are doomed for another Biden v. Trump 
for the next, uh, what is it, 18, 19 months? Oh, can't wait. I have to say, though, the more Trump posts, the worse he looks. I've said this many times. He sucks on Twitter. He did until he was banned. He can come back on Twitter anytime he wants, and he will. And when he does, I don't think that helps the cause. Uh, if you're not following the uh, the president's, the former president's musings on true social, you really should, because it's scary. I mean, again, it's good that he does it himself. It's not like, I mean, Joe Biden doesn't even know how to tweet. He has a whole staff of, you know, 28-year-old uh, Oberlin grads who do his tweeting for him. Donald Trump does it himself, and it's embarrassing. Here's here's the problem we have right now. Trump just will is obsessed with Ron DeSantis. What he does on a daily basis is lie about Ron DeSantis. He lies about the conditions in Florida. This is a man who lives in Florida, who chooses to live in Florida, like a lot of people. They know things are good in Florida. They know DeSantis is a great governor. They know that, that there's a major exodus from many blue states to Florida, New York, Michigan, Massachusetts. People are moving there for, for many reasons, but they're moving there because they like what DeSantis has done. And somehow Trump thinks he's going to win people over by lying about the conditions in Florida. There was one over the weekend. Is this the one? Uh, yeah, uh, this isn't the one about Florida, but this is this, this, uh, a few different posts over the weekend. Each as dumb as the last, uh, even dumber than the last one. But he's on this kick now to convince people that A, he made Ron DeSantis. If not for him, DeSantis never would have been governor. And B, the state's a friggin' mess. The state, you know, Who is economy, everything. It's, 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 it's remarkable. I mean, he's literally telling people, you know, the sky is purple, up is down, and expecting that to work in his battle against DeSantis. Now, what's DeSantis doing? He's overseas. He's in... Um, He's going to Japan, South Korea, and Israel. He's not an official candidate yet, but I think there's a there's, there's a, a method to DeSantis's madness. He's letting, I mean, he might be losing in some polls, not in all of them, by the way. There's a new poll out this morning out of Wisconsin, and DeSantis is doing much better than Trump with independence and against Joe Biden. If your goal is to defeat Joe Biden, which is, is the way I look at it, I mean, I just want someone to beat Biden to stop the, the insanity, to roll back the, the, the radical agenda of, of the Biden administration. That's what I want. And Ron DeSantis gives us a better chance at that. Only one Republican candidate has lost to Joe Biden, and that would be Donald Trump. Uh, DeSantis would beat him. He will beat him if he gets the nomination. But, um, uh, and I think um, Trump knows that there's only one threat to him as the nominee. He doesn't care about Nikki Haley or John Bolton or whoever, you know, Tim Scott. He cares about Ron DeSantis, or as he calls him, Ron DeSanctimonious. This is what he writes. When, when did this, when did he post this? This was uh, yesterday, I believe. Yep. 11, 10 p.m. Uh, the, he writes, the globalist 
China hawking and rhino infiltrated club for no growth, which now wants to give up backing Ron DeSanctimonious because they realize there is no personality or people skills there are beside themselves and just don't know what to do. Florida has the sun in the ocean and was great long before I put Ron there. The semi-elite no-growthers are considering sending Ron to the great Walter Reed Medical Center for an emergency personality transplant. His poll numbers are crashing. Wow, I guess, you know, Ron's got no shot. Huh? His poll numbers are crashing. He's got no personality. Unlike Donald Trump, who's got a, lots of personality, but is losing independence and he's losing to Joe Biden in many polls. Um, I think DeSantis is handling this beautifully. He was asked uh, yesterday about uh, losing, uh, falling behind Trump in the polls. And he says, well, I'm not a candidate. We'll see what happens. And he just smiles. He's going to announce at some point, and then it's on. And then what happens to Donald Trump? He's already unhinged. He's already tweeting or posting this stupid, just, you know, just childish, infantile rants about DeSantis. When DeSantis announces, they will have another, what, eight, nine months before the first primary or before Iowa. You're telling me we have to look forward to a daily uh, screed from this man in Mar-a-Lago telling you how awful things are in Florida and how he put Ron there? That isn't true. Ron was leading uh, the guy Putnam in most of the polls before he got the nomination, and then he won the the election for governor. He beat that Gilliam, that that drug addict, uh, Andrew Gilliam, and and. He's been a great governor. So for a change, Donald Trump got it right. Many of the people he's endorsed, many of the people he's selected, CEO, I don't know, Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, many of them have failed miserably. In fact, I think the GOP would have the Senate if not for Trump hand-selecting uh, bad candidates. Hell, just, just, look at, just look at Walker. I mean, if not for... Herschel Walker, the Republicans would control the Senate. So because he loved, uh, you know, the football star, his friend, Herschel Walker, the Democrats took the Senate. So he endorsed the guy for governor. The guy won. The guy's been great. That's a good thing. That means that he's in debt to Trump forever. How does that work? So Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious, is never supposed to aspire for higher office. He's never supposed to do anything if it might offend the guy, you know, who put him there. That is just absurd. So what? You, you endorsed him. He won. He's been great. Take a bow. Good job, Donald. Now he's looking around saying, uh, Joe Biden has done immeasurable damage to this country. Someone has to stop him. Ron DeSantis right now, as we sit here, is the best guy to stop him. I would vote. I will vote for Trump if he's the nominee. Of course, I'll vote for anybody who could stop Joe Biden. He, we have to stop what's happening to this country. We all agree. But DeSantis is a better candidate. DeSantis is 32 years younger. DeSantis doesn't just talk about 2020. 
that's all uh, Donald Trump does. In fact, Chuck Grassley, the almost, I think almost 90-year-old Chuck Grassley, tweeted out last night after uh, Trump uh, sat down with um, Mark Levin for an hour, I believe, said, what, when is he going to talk about the future? What's going to happen in the future? When are we going to drop the 2020 election was stolen? When are we going to get past that and talk about winning back the country? Is that that difficult to understand? I know most people, I know I lose, I lose Twitter followers. I get people pissed off when I don't kiss Trump's ass, when I sit there and tell you DeSantis is a better candidate. But at some point, we have to look at the 2024 election and say, who is best suited to win it? That's all I care about, winning in, in uh, whatever, 18 months. You can't tell me Donald Trump rehashing 2020 and talking about all the things he did and all the things they did to him, which are true. You can't tell me that helps you win in November 2024. He just wears you out. He really does. We got that other true social post. We had, uh, um, this is from, uh, let me see what they, when, uh, this is from Saturday. It's over the weekend. He writes, why would a very disloyal Ron DeSanctimonious be considered even a good politician? He was done when he came to see me, losing badly to Agricultural Commissioner Adam Putman, Putnam. By insurmountable numbers, Ron was performing poorly as a candidate, getting beaten at every turn when he asked, begged me for my endorsement, which I gave him. His then losing campaign immediately turned around and he easily won the nomination. My rallies then won him the general. Thanks, President Trump. Jesus. I mean, this is like a friggin' high school, you know, like an eighth grade kid. He's, he's not loyal to me. Why won't he thank me? He's been loyal to you. He supported you when, you know, and, and now he's going to run against you because he's a better candidate. Here's an idea. How about you stick to the truth, the facts and fight him in, in, in over the next, uh, you know, eight, nine months and win the nomination instead of just making stuff up and, and calling him, Ron DeSanctimonious. And I know there's lots of people. There are lots of people who are uh, defending Trump at every turn who are just diehard Trumpers. I understand that. What they did to Trump when he was in office, the whole Russia hoax, what they did to, to get him out of office was, was, was well chronicled. It was despicable. And again, if he's the guy, obviously all decent Americans will support him. We must stop Joe Biden. But uh, I'm looking forward to Ron DeSantis announcing his candidacy, campaigning, and taking on Donald Trump. Uh, I'm not sure Trump's going to be able to handle that. He can't even handle DeSantis when he's not even not, he hasn't been nominated. He doesn't even post about any other candidate, or you know, rarely posts about Joe Biden, the guy that we have to stop. He's so focused on DeSantis and how disloyal he is. So you're telling me loyalty means anybody he nom anyone he supported, anyone he voted for must stand down no matter what, even if they have a better chance against Biden. They just must defer, say, yes, Mr. Trump, whatever you say, Donald, whatever you want. That's not how it works. That's not how it should work, at least. So that's uh, 
that's going to just keep coming. It's going to get uglier and uglier and sillier. And he's going to sound more like a child every day. Here's an idea. How about we focus on the Biden crime family? If you haven't been paying attention, this is, this is a wild story. Just breaking this morning. Um, Joe Biden, as we know, he's going to announce it'll be, it'll be fine. He'll, you know, it's, it's recorded. It's prepared. The, the, uh, the, the mortician will come in, do his face, do his hair, and it's, you know he'll he'll get through the announcement. He'll mention something that his father told him. Joey, you know the work's not done here, Joey, and he'll he'll lie the way he always does. Uh, and then the media will uh, dutifully say how good he looks and how virile and how young and how sp- and uh, then he'll go out in public, you know, the next day and embarrass himself. That's how it works. Um, and I, I hope Trump mentioned something about Joe Biden tomorrow. That'd be nice. That's your official opponent tomorrow. Uh, that's the guy you should target tomorrow. But he won't. How about this? Every week, it seems like every week, uh, James Comer, the uh, congressman from Kentucky, who's uh, chairing the oversight committee, who's reviewing the Hunter, uh, the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden scandal, the Biden family scandal. He goes on, usually, I think he goes on Sunday morning with Maria Bartiromo, just a recap. And it's mind blowing what he reveals. They have so much on the Bidens. They have bank records. These aren't rumors. These aren't, this isn't innuendo. This aren't, you know, 30 year old rape charges or accusations of uh, paying hush money or signing a DNA. These are incredible uh, bombshells. This is evidence of corruption in the White House. And each week, uh, Comer makes this point, and it's such a good one. They are making millions and millions. They were, they still are, from our adversaries overseas. And they have a whole team of people uh, on this committee, and I assume they have staff members perusing these uh, ASARs, these suspicious activity reports. They can't find one thing. There's one thing they just can't find. They keep trying. They cannot find it. What is the family business? What is the product? What is the service the Bidens are selling for all these millions? There is none. To me, that's the most damning thing. When you, when you talk about this story, you say, okay, they have bank records and they're uh, getting millions from China and many other countries, as Comer will point out. And nobody knows what the money is for. The Biden team, Hunter's lawyer, said it was legit seed money for a business. But seed money means you're paying for something you're going to grow. And there's no evidence there's any business that was growing. They're just taking money clearly for influence, for access to the then vice president, now president. I'm sorry, but we've talked about a lot of scandals, real ones under you know, Joe Biden. We've talked about a lot of fake ones during the Trump years. There's nothing even close to this in terms of uh, gravity. This is incredible. Um, we we can play a little of it, but it's just mind blowing that we talk that the, that the media, even the corrupt mainstream media, isn't going to pick up on this. I assume behind closed doors they're working on this, trying to find a way 
to cover for Biden, to excuse this, to, to explain it. I mean, they got to help him. He needs help because Comer and his crew are dogged. They're, they're going to keep going at this. How about this revelation from yesterday? We talked about last week how it's not just Joe and Hunter and Jim Biden. He came up, he said there were nine Bidens taking money from China. Nine. I'm a pretty uh, astute observer of the nine, of the Biden family. I can't name nine Bidens. <laughs> there are nine. So yesterday says it's more. There may be as many as 12, 12 members of the Biden family taking money from China and other countries overseas for nothing. Just being Biden's just being part of Joe's corrupt family and they're all getting rich. You think that might, if we had an honest uh, media in this country, a media that wasn't, you know, eating dove bars with the politicians, we will get to Jen Psaki. <laughs> we will get to that clown. Uh, but if there were real journalists and there aren't, at least they're not many of them, Peter Ducey and maybe two or three others, you think this might be a big story? It's just wild. I watched this yesterday. It's like eight minutes long. And I'm sitting there going, this is, if you're a real journalist, if you if you take your job seriously, this is what you live for. Scandal, corruption, evidence, financial form, uh, bank records. This is what journalism used to be. This is so uh, damning of the media and the Bidens. We all know the Bidens are corrupt. We know the media is corrupt. But at what point do they reach their breaking point? At what point do they say, you know, I think we actually have to cover this. Let's watch at least, uh, I don't know, two minutes. It's eight minutes long. I recommend you watch the whole thing and just digest it. This is your president who will be announcing he's running for a re-election tomorrow. This is how he can afford big houses on the ocean and his whole family can live this lavish lifestyle. Um, and, and, and we'll get to the latest this morning, just breaking about Hunter, which is wild. But let's listen to James Comer yesterday with Maria Bartiromo. Joining me right now to get to the bottom of it this Sunday morning with more in an exclusive interview is House Oversight Committee Chairman, Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, good to have you this morning. Welcome. Good morning. What can you tell us about your latest findings and the Biden family receiving money from adversaries? Well, we went into Treasury after a long battle to have access to those Treasury reports, uh, thinking that uh, there was a certain number of suspicious activity reports, the number that had been previously reported. And we thought that there were two or three Biden family members that would be implicated in these bank violations. Uh, nearly three weeks later, we walk out of Treasury, uh, having read, poured over thousands of pages of documents. And I can tell you that uh, there were more suspicious activity reports than had been previously reported, and many more Biden family members that were involved involved in the influence peddling scheme. We now have nine and counting Biden family members who are zinged by at least one bank for receiving suspicious wires from our adversaries around the world. So in other words, adversaries and including China sent money directly to, to Biden family members into their accounts? There's the key, Maria. They sent money to these LLCs that the Biden family members created. Now, that's another aspect of this. We went in thinking there were around a dozen 
LLCs uh, through our informants and through our research over the past year and through other investigative reporting. We thought there were around a dozen of these LLCs that were created by Biden family members to disguise or launder uh, where the, the source of the revenue was coming from. Uh, but there are many more LLCs. There are many more Biden members. Biden family members, many more LLCs, and many more countries that were involved. Uh, I'll say this, uh, China was probably the most reputable country that the Biden family was dealing with. And, and the question remains, what were these family members doing to receive this money? Right. There, there's no rhyme or reason for some of these Biden family members uh, to, to receive any type of payment from our adversaries around the world, much less the, the number that we've uncovered. And we're still digging through these bank violations. That, that is just so wild to me. And we're just going to sit there and move on and talk about whatever Biden's announcement. Uh, they're receiving money. They're providing no service. He says China's the most reputable country. So who else is, what are we talking about? North Korea? Who is, else is sending money to the uh, Biden family for nothing? Money for nothing. I'm telling you, the mainstream media, they got their work cut out for them as Biden announces his candidacy and uh, Comer just keeps on bringing it. Um, good luck with that one. That is not going to be easy. All right, this is from... Uh, the New York Post this morning. You were wondering why Hunter is everywhere. Hunter's in Ireland. Hunter's at the White House. Hunter's by his father's side at all times now. He's kind of, uh, we, we, we theorized that they were rubbing in the faces of their detractors, showing you can't touch us. Everyone knows Hunter is a criminal. Um, and, uh, uh, Yet he's there in Ireland, you know, front row. He's, he was on like the rope line, shaking hands with people like he's some kind of celebrity. Uh, this is from Miranda Devine, New York Post this morning. Hunter Biden uh, is believed to be hiding out at the White House while his baby mama goes on the warpath. Lawyers for former stripper Luden Roberts asked an Arkansas court Friday to jail the first son for failing to fork over his financial records as required in her lawsuit over support payments for their four-year-old unacknowledged daughter, Navy. Roberts claims Hunter is, quote, flaunting the dignity and authority of the court by failing to provide one single item or word of discovery. This court should incarcerate the defendant in the Cleburne County Detention Center until he complies with the court's order. Roberts had to get a court-ordered paternity test to prove Navy was Hunter's, and last year Hunter applied to have his monthly support payment reduced. Uh, they believe that he's hanging out at the White House, hanging with Joe Biden, because the process server can't get near him. They can't serve him with this suit because he's at the White House under protection. That's why he's there at all times. And this is so disgusting. The Bidens are such trash. They really are. He fought her in court. She won. Proved that's his kid. She wants child support. He refused to pay it. She takes him to court. He has to pay. Uh, now he's hiding at the White House with his father, who will not acknowledge that this child exists. She's four years old. They got a new picture of her in the New York Post. Beautiful little girl. His hunter, the scumbag hunter, is the father. Joe and Hunter refuse to acknowledge the girl exists. 
What kind of person, I ask again, what kind of person would do that? Would, would, would blame the child, blame a little girl because her mother is a stripper or was a stripper and her father is a crackhead? Why is it the girl's fault? Well, Joe and Jill, you know, those, those folks that bought decency and, and compassion back to the White House do not acknowledge she exists and do not want to pay child support. What trash. What absolute trash. All right, we got lots more to get to. Uh, we got to get to the Ray Epps story on 60 Minutes. They left out one big question. Obviously, they're there to uh, run cover for Ray Epps. Ray Epps, the only insurrectionist the mainstream media likes, wearing a uh, red Trump hat and storming the Capitol and the New York Times and 60 Minutes and the rest of the mainstream media. They're here for him. They will defend him. But they left out one really good question. Jen Psaki. Uh, were you wondering what kind of journalist Jen Psaki would make? You know, when she left the White House to go to MSNBC? Well, I think we have an answer. She's done a couple of interviews over the weekend. I'm just going to say one of them, actually they both, the single most humiliating interviews I've ever seen a journalist do. And we got the latest on Bud Light. Things aren't going well for Bud Light. It's, uh, I don't think they're bouncing back anytime soon. But first... A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full-size in three popular calibers. First-time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says, get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Uh, let's get to, uh, let me see. So, when do AOC, you want to do uh, Ray Epps, Iron Ed, you pick. Um, let's start with AOC because I feel like that won't take as long. It's This is amazing. AOC goes, sits down with uh, Jen Psaki and... Uh, AOC, as we know, she likes to talk about fascists, you know, fight fascists. Obviously, Trump's a fascist. DeSantis, he's a fascist. Uh, Jim, Mac uh, Jim Jordan, uh, Kevin McCarthy, you're all fascists, right? Well, she wants to do one thing to stop fascism. She wants to take journalists, TV hosts that she doesn't like. She wants to use the full force of the federal government to take them off the air, you know, to fight fascism. Let's listen to her. <laughs> Sit down with Jen Psaki, that alleged journalist, and uh, complain about Tucker Carlson. Go ahead. Federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence. Very clearly incitement of violence. And 
That is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. <laughs> Tucker Carlson's inciting violence and she wants him taken off the air. Okay. Yeah. She's so dumb. She, I mean, it's a, I, I assume everybody who went to BU is embarrassed every time they hear her talk, but uh, you know, it's a scary thing. <clears throat> She's going to be around for the next 50 years. She's going to be in Congress. She's not going to win a statewide office. She's not going to win any national office. She's going to be in that district, which is, uh, you know, a hellhole a, uh, in New York. And she's going to be in Congress saying stupid things like this for the next 40, 50 years. That is scary. But uh, Jen Psaki just sits there and nods. You know, this, this journalist nods. Oh, yeah. Tucker Carlson, would, would you give me an example? How does he incite violence? Give us an example. Uh, inciting violence would be what AOC and Ayanna Presley and Corey Bush and the other squad members do when they tell people to go out there and loot and burn and riot. Kamala Harris said the BLM rioters will not stop and they should not stop. That's inciting violence. That's okay. But Tucker Carlson, he's the one inciting violence. Get him off the air, you know, to fight fascism. But if you thought that would be the low light from Jen Psaki over the weekend, you know, not pushing back when a member of Congress wants to take people off the air she doesn't like, she sits down with John Kerry. I was trying to think of the most embarrassing interview I've ever seen by anyone ever. And obviously there's plenty of people who, uh, you know, fawned over Barack Obama. There's still people fawning over Joe Biden, Jill Biden, uh, maybe Maybe uh, Jimmy Kimmel, when he sat down with uh, Hunter Biden, anything Jimmy Kimmel or, or, or Colbert does is embarrassing. But Jen Psaki wanted us to believe, you know, she was a journalist when she left the White House. That's all over. That's done. She's just an embarrassment to the profession. She sits down with John Kerry. John Kerry, and there's a lot of questions. John Kerry, we'd like to know, like, where's the money Come, how much money is he spending? How many people are on his staff? How many flights, private jets is he taking to these exotic locations where he could scold, you know, working people for driving their Honda pilots? John Kerry is the biggest fraud in the federal government. And he always has been. He's, he's a clown and nobody respects him. Nobody likes him except people like Jen Psaki. There's a lot of questions. I mean, he pretends that he knows the science behind climate change. He knows nothing. He's an empty suit with a, with a face that's fallen off. He's almost 80. It's like, why are you, why are you still doing this? When are you going to go away, John Kerry? How about that question, Jen? No, Jen Psaki wants to know if John Kerry would like to get a dub bar. That's her. <laughs> and, and compares him to Forrest Gump. Because, you know, he went to Vietnam for like a week and a half with a, with a camera crew to help bolster his, uh, his political uh, ambitions. But uh, let's watch a brief snippet of this hard-hitting, hard-hitting interview with Jen Psaki and uh, John Kerry. Go ahead. Now, I remember well that you have a bit of a sweet tooth. Do you want to go get some ice cream over there? That would be... The let's do it. the nail on the head. Okay. <laughs> How are you? Oh. Lovely music. 
get some good ice cream. What do we have first. here? A Dove bar. Dove bar. Oh, Dove. I that's, love a, Dove. that's a good old Dove's bar. State Department special. What do you want? I'll have a Dove bar, too. So, I know you like Forrest Gump. A little bit. Does this remind you? You've lived a life a little bit like Forrest Gump. I've had some Forrest Gump moments. God, every time I'm around here, I always think of him screaming to Jenny in the pool over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, someone should have told her, Jen, Jen, you got a career to worry about. Would you like to get a Dove bar? Oh, my God. Is that, that's painful. That is painful to watch. Comparing it, Forrest Gump was fictional, obviously. But Forrest Gump saved everybody's life in Vietnam. Forrest Gump was, uh, the reason it worked, he, he was honest. He was God-fearing, hardworking. John Kerry has nothing in common with Forrest Gump. I can't believe I'm even addressing that. <laughs> but the biggest scam artist, the biggest flim-flam man in the federal government is Forrest Gump? Are you kidding me? Hmm. Forrest Gump, you know, we got a real job. He started Bubba Gump Shrimp. He got the lawn at the city hall. John Kerry's never had a real job. He's a parasite who's been sucking off the public teat his whole life. How can he be Forrest? Why am I letting this bother me? Why, why, why am I letting this bother me? This clown, Jen Psaki, has, says, I, I heard you had a sweet tooth. Let's get a dog bar. God, they must have given the editors uh, the weekend off at MSNBC. You allow that to air? A guy who's out there, he's doing more destruction, more damage to this country, telling people we have to destroy the U.S. economy to change the weather. And her question is, do you feel like Forrest Gump? Oh, yeah. Remember when Jenny came running across the water? Oh, God. Save that, Ironhead. That is a keeper right there. Would you like to get a dub by? Oh, let's get a dub. Oh, yeah. And he says, that hits the nail on the head? What does that even mean? God, is he, that's just embarrassing. All right. Speaking of embarrassing, 60 Minutes last night, they blew the lid off this Ray Epps story. If you don't know, I assume everybody knows. Ray Epps was one of the uh, lead instigators in the insurrection on January 6th. Ray Epps is on videotape literally saying, we're going into the Capitol. He is telling people, let's go. Let's storm the Capitol. He's got a red MAGA hat. He's got camouflage on. He is quite clearly a Fed. He is quite clearly uh, working for the federal government, trying to instigate uh, the uh, the riot. He's working with whoever, Nancy Pelosi, whoever orchestrated the thing. There's no doubt about it. He's. It's more clear that he is instigating than anybody. There's nobody else who is so clearly instigating others. You want to talk about inciting violence, AOC? What do you think about what Ray Epps did on January 6th? He was on the FBI's most wanted list briefly, but then they took him off. And then he just disappeared. He was never arrested, never charged, never called before the January 6th committee. And everybody just assumed, because there were so many feds in the crowd trying to get people to storm the Capitol, that he was a fed. I mean, they literally chanted the crowd because it was so obvious they were chanting fed, fed, fed when he was saying, let's go, let's go to the Capitol. He's right there when they push the barricades into the cops and then he just disappears. His name gets taken off the list. No mention of him. 
So what other conclusion can you can come to that he is working with the feds? Uh, well, 60 Minutes, just like the New York Times, they come to the rescue. Poor Ray Epps and his wife, they got death threats, so they had to sell their ranch in Arizona, and now they're on the run. They literally are doing an interview in his RV, which he's driving around the Rocky Mountains, you know, in secret locations because people are going to kill him. I'm not even sure. Who's going to kill him? I don't even understand, like, who do you think? Tucker Carlson's going to kill him? You know, uh, Laura Ingram, what are they talking about? Um, but they do this piece, I don't know how long it is, 15, 20 minutes, trying to excuse everything he did, letting, letting him uh, say how much he regrets it. They never ask, uh, why was he not arrested? People, hundreds, thousands of people were arrested, most of them for less than what Ray Epps did. Lives were ruined. We're supposed to feel bad. This guy's driving around in his luxury RV. We're supposed to feel bad for him when so many of the January 6th rioters are in prison still. More than two years later, some of them spent, have spent two years in jail awaiting sentencing, awaiting trial. Some of them who did no, committed no violence, hurt nobody, assaulted nobody, are in jail still. He's free in his luxury RV. And we're supposed to think, oh, the poor fella. And they never say, they never ask, they never answer. Why was he never arrested? Isn't that the big question? Isn't that the most obvious question? Why weren't you arrested? And the FBI, I mean, 60 Minutes actually says at the end of this piece that the FBI says, Ray Epps doesn't work for them. I'm like, oh, oh, good. I'm, okay, oh, good. That's all we need to know. FBI doesn't work for you. We're good. I mean, uh, you don't work for the FBI? We're good. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Let's uh, watch a little bit of this uh, puff piece on uh, one of the leading insurrectionists on January 6th who has never been arrested, never been charged. Go ahead. We are going to the Capitol. Who is Ray Epps? A former member of the Oath Keepers who served in the Marine Corps and was an ardent Trump supporter, or at least he was, until conservative media post-January 6th began insinuating that he was a government plant for the deep state. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? No matter how many times they push this conspiracy theory, this lie, it'll never become truth. Oh, did you see the rumor yesterday, by the way, that he got uh, drafted by the Golden State Warriors? No, I did not. In 77? Really? Yeah. No, I mean, he's a big guy. He's obviously a big guy, but uh, they have his wife, and they're talking about how, you know, how persecuted they are and how they can't just live their lives, the poor things. I'm like, okay, why, when you are on tape saying we're going in the Capitol, why weren't you arrested? Everyone was arrested. Old ladies, grandmothers, taking selfies, just wandering around, were arrested. Uh, many of them have gone to jail. Their lives are ruined. I mean, and he pays no price. Uh, oh, he had to sell his ranch. I don't believe that. I don't believe he had to sell his ranch because of death threats. He was probably gifted a ranch for doing what he did. <laughs> I think their idea of death threats is reporters, is, you know, the guy from uh, Julie Kelly or the guy from uh, Revolver News, Darren Beatty, calling him up and saying, you know, what were you doing there on January 6th? That's to them a threat. So they had to go into hiding. 
Well, they're in hiding in a luxury RV when hundreds and hundreds of the uh, of other people who did less than he did are in jail. And 60 Minutes really doesn't want to address that question, uh, which is amazing. But uh, I guess uh, he'll never have to worry. He'll never, you know, have his credit cards canceled. He'll never have someone tell him, oh, sorry, you can't uh, stay in this RB, uh, Airbnb because, you know, you were there on January 6th. That's for other people. He, to me, I watched this piece and I was more convinced than ever that he was a Fed, that he was working for the federal government yeah. like so many others were. But Absolutely. Uh, I got another little clip if you're interested. Sure. Let's listen. What do we got? Ted, Ted Cruz. I mean, everybody was asking who is Ray Epps and yeah. why isn't he charged? Nobody ever answered that question. Certainly uh, 60 minutes didn't answer the question, but go ahead. Who is Ray Epps? That question has animated Fox News host Tucker Carlson for nearly two years. Ray Epps? He's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top-rated show, a half dozen times so far this year. He's obsessed with me. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life and our lives. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me who has more impact on people, them or me. Epps, once a loyal Fox News watcher, told us he doesn't understand how he got cast as the villain. The Epps version is more mundane. They believed the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump and considered January 6th a legitimate protest. It was a sloppy election. And then to top that off, you have talking heads reporting that there's problems with the voting machines and different things like that. The election stolen. So, yeah, we had concerns. I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to witness this with my own eyes. If, if he was not a Fed, he would go on Tucker's show. A former member of the Oath Keepers, you know, people in the Oath Keepers were rounded up, you know, and, and charged with conspiracy. <laughs> How is he not charged? That's all I want to know. You think that maybe someone at 60 Minutes said, you know, let's ask the question, why was he not? Let's go ask the, the prosecutors. Let's go ask uh, the, the Fed, the feds, the FBI. Why was he not charged? So he's not working for you. That's the official word from the FBI. It's the last line of this piece. The FBI says he's not one of them. Okay, good. You know, since he's not, it says, uh, this is the uh, last line for the piece. Ray Epps has never been an FBI source or an FBI employee, according to the FBI. Okay, great. Why was he not charged with a crime? They have charged more than 2,000 people with crimes. Most of them didn't say, let's go. We're going in the Capitol. Let's go and push the barricade, which hurt a, a female cop. He talked about that. He was going to help the female cop, but he thought he was going to get hit in the head with a baton by another cop. That was his excuse. But I mean, that's fine. You want to say you were misled and whatever you listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Fine. That's your excuse. Lots of people have, you know, uh, regrets, but 
I, I mean, I've asked enough. Why was he not arrested? Why? Nobody will tell me that. But I guess the media, this is their, you know, they've, they've picked their sides. They're on the side of Ray Epps, the insurrectionist. Finally. And, and they, one of the experts they brought in was a guy who worked for the January 6th committee. The January 6th committee was a joke. It was a one-sided get Trump lynch mob that didn't allow dissenting voices, didn't allow witnesses that weren't on their list, didn't allow anybody to ask about Ray Epps. They were all on the same team, eh? Liz Cheney and Kinzinger and Benny Thompson. The thing was rigged from the start. And they bring in one of their, I think he was a lawyer, one of their guys to talk about how you know, Epps wasn't working for the feds. Okay, great. Then why didn't he get arrested? All right. All right, let's get to the, uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll do uh, the latest on Bud Light. It is working. The, the, the people have spoken. Bud Light is reeling, and I love it. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right, this is from uh, the New York Post this morning. A second Bud Light senior marketing executive has been placed on leave following backlash and calls for a boycott over their partnership with Dylan Mulvaney, Daniel Blake, who oversees marketing for uh, Anheuser-Busch's mainstream brand, stepped back from his role on Sunday. According to the Wall Street Journal, it was reported Friday that Vice President of Marketing Alyssa Heinerscheid was taking a leave of absence. Uh, Given the circumstances, Alyssa has decided to take a leave of absence, which we support, said the Anheuser-Busch spokesman. Daniel has also decided to take a leave of absence. So they're just on a leave of absence. Oh, sure. They'll be back after they caused, I don't know, billions and billions of dollars of damage to the brand. I'm telling you, I was out and about a little bit this weekend it is real. And I'm talking, this is in New England. I can't imagine how it's going in, you know, Texas or in Nashville or in Florida. This is going to be a game changer. You want to crawl in bed or crawl in the bathtub with Dylan Mulvaney? Go ahead. By the way, she just signed a, I'm sorry. He just signed a new deal with somebody over the weekend. Dylan Mulvaney is making a fortune mocking women doing his women face minstrel show is so profitable. It's another, and check this, see if you can find it, another women's brand that, which I obviously don't know, but uh, it is amazing. The one time he gets in trouble 
or causes the company that hired him to get in trouble is when he offended men. Women don't seem to mind that this man is mocking women, that he's taking opportunities from women. That's the remarkable thing when you think about it. He could do, he did, you know, Nike sports bras and Kate Spade. He, I, I believe it's Maybelline. Maybelline. He also did Tampax. He did Tampax. He did Tampax ads and talked about giving out tampons in the ladies' room. And women just smiled and said, isn't that cute? A man mocking women and taking opportunities from women. Once they, once he did a product that's designed, that's targeted toward men, mostly, you know, working class men, men in middle America, hardworking men, that's when it all blew up. Women should be ashamed of themselves. It's like, you know, why it's, it's like why Riley Gaines is always seemed to be out there alone fighting the good fight because women seem to accept this mockery, accept the women's, the, the minstrel show when men will not. That's why they ran into trouble. They hired him to do a product for men. Yeah, this is over the weekend. Maybelline uh, partners with Dylan Mulvate. So, so Maybelline is a big, big company, I'm going to guess, right? There's a lot of women out there, beautiful women, uh, you know, models, actresses, people, just up and comers. Hell, uh, you know, whatever, Kardashians, Paige Sparanak. And you choose this guy, this 90-pound skinny weird guy as your spokesperson? Why? I understand. We've gone over before the, whatever it was called, the, 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 the Human Rights Committee gives points for your, uh, is, is the more woke you are. They give you points, your credit score. But still, how's that working out for Bud Light? <laughs> Uh, that's why I love this boycott so much. It is guys speaking out against this, against this mockery of women. And I hope it continues. And I hope, may, I hope at some point women get as fed up as men do. But all right, uh, that will do it for today. I haven't decided yet, Ironhead. Maybe you can help me out. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to pay for my blue plaque? My, I lost my blue check mark. Yep. I'm torn. First of all, you know, I'm cheap. I don't want to just pay eight bucks for nothing. Mm-hmm. But what do I get out of it? You know this better than I do. I if get a, a Well, if you have a blue check mark and Paige Sporanic uh, has a blue check mark, it's easier to contact her. Oh, you, when you both I have, have never thought of that. Yeah. Um, I want to do it to support Elon Musk and support free speech and support the one social media platform that still allows free speech. But it feels like, you know, that's symbolic. I want to know tangible. What do I get? I get to write longer tweets? Longer tweets, like real, like really long tweets and uh, longer videos. I think up to 10 minutes you can post. I do believe. Well, I'm still thinking about it. Um, I suppose eight bucks a month is whatever it is, like 25 cents a day or so, or whatever, 50 cents a day. Um, And I get news it's a great news source you can link it links to every you know newspaper every tv website so i mean it is a great news source i do use it i do rely on it so i feel like maybe i should pay my eight bucks plus it's become a deal where people like uh uh, liberals democrats think having no blue check mark is like a status thing look at me i'm not giving in i'm not giving elon musk my money Mm. i feel like 
I should be the opposite. I should be bragging that I'm giving Elon Musk my money. That's a good, my, I mean, my, like, my favorite thing though, thus far has been everyone coming out being like, I swear I didn't pay. I don't know why I still have my no. check mark. <laughs> and I understand Musk. Musk is just always kind of mischievous. He's always looking for trouble, good trouble, but he's, he's actually giving certain liberals like, Stephen King and LeBron James, he's given them the blue check mark for free. I don't think that's true. I think they don't want to admit they paid for it. And they're like, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I know there's some of that too. And people are mocking the liberals who get the blue check mark for paying for it. But, um, you know, I don't, I mean, is it, is it a big, is, is, is it a big revenue source? Is it going to save Twitter? I don't know, but I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll feel like I have to do it so I can, I don't know, post videos or whatever other features you're allowed to do, but are you going to do it? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I no? don't think so. Maybe if I start posting um, longer videos and stuff, but I don't, my tweets are usually like three words, just pointing out something's funny. That's usually how I, I true, roll. So. True. All right. Well, I'll see. I'm, I'm going to take some, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it and I'll let you know how that goes, but that will do it for today. Tomorrow, the big announcement from the, uh, from the empty husk in the white house. He'll be announcing his candidates. Then we have, uh, what about uh, 20 months of, or no, about 18 months of Biden versus Trump. It's going to be wild and we'll be here for it. I am, I'm actually looking forward to it. This is a wild time to be alive, but I'm still rooting for my man, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantimonious. But uh, anyway, we'll be following that very closely. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks it takes Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.